What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? No, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Now, we've only got a few beyond-the-box scores left, but we'll make the most of it. Welcome, everybody. It is Monday, November 27th. And it is officially too late to say Happy Thanksgiving. But welcome back to Beyond the Box Score, recapping last night's game, the Ravens and the Chargers. And we've got four big topics for you today. And they are Puka Nakua, the Steelers' offense, Jordan Love, is Jordan Love for real? And is Rasheed Rice a must-start wide receiver rest of season? We've got advanced stats from simple people, and hopefully we have the Dan Schneier impression from Jacob Gibbs. Jacob, uh, what's up? Jacob was up very under the weather last week. It ruined his Thanksgiving, unfortunately. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm improvising here, but I, I, you're feeling better, and we're glad to have you back. Yeah, glad to be back. And yeah, I did kind of ruin Thanksgiving. Didn't get to stay up late and do the gaming like we talked about last week, but... Feeling a lot better. I told you guys just before we jumped on, I was up like 12 hours last night. So I am rejuvenated, ready to go. Let's go. Let's go. Dan, hello again. <laughs> hello, Adam. Good to see you again. Our Giants got another win yesterday. That was, I guess, a good thing. Uh, it was hard definitely to feel. not. You know it wasn't. I know. I know, but you say that online and you get killed by the Giants fans for saying that. Um, but, you know, we'll see what happens. Tommy DeVito, man, he made some fun throws in that game, though. I will say that about DeVito. This kid has moxie. This kid is willing to, yeah, this kid is willing <laughs> to actually throw the football downfield into tight windows. I saw a whole a cover two, a whole shot against cover two to Jalen Hyatt. I can't even remember the last time I've seen that. I right, cannot even have, remember. We don't the last have to start the show that. with talk about Giants quarterbacks. We have much better, more interesting things right. to discuss right now. <laughs> but he did have a very fun celebration, in case you all didn't see it. Uh, all right, Baltimore twenty, Chargers ten. Ravens had the ball for thirty three minutes and twenty three seconds, so they controlled time of possession. And I, I told you all uh, going in, let me see if I could actually should have had the updated stat ready to go for this one, but um, about the Ravens giving the ball to Gus Edwards 
Okay, week the last five games going into this game, they had 10 carries from the four-yard line or closer. One of them was a kneel down by Tyler Huntley, and the other nine went to Gus Edwards. He got every single carry over the last five weeks, and then that didn't happen in this game. They had first and goal from the three-yard line, and Justice Hill got a carry. Gus Edwards came in on the next play, and Lamar Jackson threw a touchdown pass to Zay Flowers. But it was a disappointing game for Lamar Jackson, 17 fantasy points against the Chargers. And somewhat predictable bad game for Justin Herbert. 15.4 fantasy points against the Ravens. Jacob, you can go first. What are your takeaways from this? So the Chargers are the Chargers, who we always thought they were. I think we talked on this podcast about them in the beginning of the year, and it's just like, I'm not worried about the Chargers. They're always super high expectations and then do this. At this point, the offense is just totally devolved, where like it's just Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler are their only options. Keenan Allen had... 16 targets, 14 receptions, and a rush. He had 15 touches, tying Austin Eckler for the team lead. He had 106 out of 217 receiving yards. It's He's the only option. Quentin Johnson is nothing. They can't get anything else going. Um, but for, him. Yeah, he got yeah. hurt. He got hurt, too. But, yeah. Yeah, it's it's terrible out there. Jalen Guyton is running 44 routes and turning that into four receiving yards. Like, there's nothing on... <laughs> the charger side it's just keenan allen but like man even in a match against the ravens he still got there for fantasy without a touchdown so that's really exciting just raw volume for him on the Ravens side of things we talked you know about isaiah likely and he kind of got there for fantasy but it did come on a really limited um air yardage role like him and zay flowers both had an average route depth below seven yards the <laughs> likely had six targets and two air yards so it was all catch and run stuff. He's just going to be a zone buster kind of guy, um, which definitely limits his upside. We did see Zay Flowers get there for fantasy, which is exciting. Got the long rushing touchdown as well. And then the most exciting thing to me from this game um, on either side is Keaton Mitchell. We have seen his role continue to ramp up. He saw a 46% snap rate, 41% of the running back rush attempts, and a 39% route participation. Those aren't quite good enough to get him there for fantasy but it those are all season best marks um only a 26 percent snap rate for gus edwards 29 percent for justice hill um it wasn't keith mitchell in the red zone it was justice hill weirdly enough four of six snaps justice hill in the red zone but good to see the rookie continue to get more and more playing time i'm, I'm curious if you guys think edwards is gonna go away and just be the short yardage guy um because that's basically what we saw here i would I would think it has a lot to do with kind of the game flow and the game script. If we're looking at blowout type wins, we could see more Gus Edwards, but I do think we're seeing an uptick in Mitchell regardless rest of season. Mm -hmm. That's something John Harbaugh mentioned uh, two weeks ago. I believe he's like, you're going to see more of, of Keaton Mitchell. And there's, it's easy to see why, like there was even a run he had, I believe for nine yards where he went to the outside. He was set, like really, really close to breaking that for a long run. And that's kind yeah. of how it feels like almost every time he touches the ball, it feels like if he has a little bit of runway, due to the blocking or the scheme, he has a chance to really break something. And I love when they use him on the power gap scheme where they use pullers, which the Ravens love to do, pulling two two players from the left side, bring them right or the opposite way. And I think he's just some one of those explosive backs that could, could make a difference. But like you said, it wasn't enough to get him there for fantasy in this game this week. And I don't, I'm not necessarily sure we're going to see anything like a 75%. Like I still feel like he'll kind of max out around what he had in this game. Okay. I agree. I mean, Justice Hill played well, and Gus Edwards had eight carries. 
So Mitchell's not going to be the goal line back. He's probably not going to be the passing downs back. So 12 touches maybe, and then, you know, we hope he turns it into something. I, I don't have confidence yet in him, but I'm not going to drop him. I'll hold him through the bye week, see what happens against the Rams. I can't imagine I'm starting him against the Rams in week 14 just because he's not shown himself to be a starter yet unless it's a deep league. But then if he if he does take over the role, then we'll talk about him in the fantasy playoffs. Uh, I just don't know that I see it happening. I think, I think you know, trap back basically is what you're looking at there from him. Yeah. And I think what was this? I'm sorry. Go ahead, Adam. No, no, go ahead. I was just going to say what was disappointing to me from this game was Odell Beckham Jr.'s role in the passing game and just overall. I really expected and hoped that it would grow based on recent weeks. To me, on film, he looks phenomenal, straight up phenomenal. Dan, he gets I'm going to interrupt you here. I, I, I think it was the shoulder because he barely played. He played okay. a third of the snaps. He had an Could be sure, the injury. I'm sure Jacob knows this. He had a 41.7% target per route run rate. When he was on the <laughs> field, he got targets. He barely played. I really think it had to be the shoulder. Okay. Remember, yeah. he, he was called questionable, a game-time decision. Then we got the report that he was expected to play. I expect him to come back after the bye and be a focal point of the passing game. Now, look, we still have a, an offense that threw 32 times last night, which was the third most this season. Right? They don't throw a lot. But they're fifth in yards per attempt, and they're something like 15th in gross passing yards, which I thought was really interesting. So there is some, they're kind of like the 49ers. They don't throw a lot, but they're throwing efficiently. Um, but no, I, I was disappointed just at the raw numbers from Beckham, but he was on the sideline for most of the game. So assuming it was the shoulder, why else would he play a third of the snaps? To me, it has to be yeah. that. Uh, if he comes back and he's 100% in week 14 after the bye, he really could pay off. So if you're disappointed, I would not drop. Odell Beckham. I still think he has the chance to be the best receiver on the team. And one of the things I cited was the end zone targets. He had been the end zone guy for Lamar Jackson, along with Mark Andrews. Well, Zay Flowers got the only end zone target, or the only one I can remember. He got the touchdown, and Beckham wasn't on the field for that play. So let's let's just be patient on Beckham and, and see what happens going forward. I agree. Uh, Herbert is going to be great in great matchups, and unfortunately, he's got Denver two more times. New England's mm. not a great matchup. Denver, bad matchups. Las Vegas, kind of an interesting matchup. You'll probably start him. He's probably he, he's played them already, I think. So how did he do against uh, against them? Oh, I don't have that in front of me. But whatever. Uh, you know, he's shown. You just don't really want to. You just don't really want to play him in bad matchups. So he was good against the Packers, but uh, we'll go week week to week with him. I mentioned last week that I would rather have Lamar Jackson than Herbert, even with the Andrews injury, just because of the difference in their schedule. What do you guys think about that? Assuming we don't care about the bye next week and we're just talking about after yeah. that. Yeah, I think... <laughs> Boy, Lamar's annoying, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> for fantasy, yeah. he's so annoying. <laughs> I think you're probably uh, right. I think you're probably for, right. Versus the Raiders in week four, Herbert was 13 for 24 for 167 yards. Yeah. They have a sneaky good pass defense, the Raiders. A little banged up right now, though. Um, all right, I can buy that, Jacob. I can buy it. Just hard because Herbert going into this game was like the number three quarterback in fantasy. I think per game. Yeah, people acted people acted like I was crazy for saying that, um, but yeah. I think it makes sense. Okay, let's uh, let's move on here. Check out Sportsline if you like Beyond the Box Score. There's a whole column called Beyond the Box Score that Jacob Gibbs pens types, and you can check that out. Plus, Dave, Jamie, Heath, they all have content on Sportsline. And if you want an annual subscription, oh my God, it's Cyber Monday. 
But we, this exists even when it's not Cyber Monday. 60% off the annual plan with you with the code FOLLOW. Use the code FOLLOW when you join Sportsline at sportsline.com slash join. Fantasy content, gambling content, all around good fun. And the code is FOLLOW to get 60% off your annual plan. That's insane. <coughs> Take advantage of it. News and notes. Dan, the Colts fired Frank Reich already. It's not the Colts, the Panthers. <laughs> there you go. The Panthers. Well, the Colts did do that once upon yeah, a time. they did already. <laughs> but the Panthers did it today. Um, they fired Frank Reich after 12 weeks, 11 games. Amazing. Just amazing. Yeah. Your thoughts? Uh, my thoughts are that there's something obviously going on here, like behind the scenes as far as Frank Reich's the job he did. You just don't see coaches fired in their first season often. So clearly there's a disconnect with him and ownership. That's obvious. I mean, he did make the comments earlier this year that kind of med- led people to assume that he was interested more in drafting C.J. Stroud, number one overall. The Panthers obviously went Bryce Young. Maybe ownership played a role in that. We don't know any of that for sure. All we know is that that offense was horrible. That team was horrible. They And <laughs> clearly this owner, and I've known this since the start, Adam. I've said this multiple times on other podcasts. This owner comes from a background of, you know, finance and he is going to be willing to make quick moves and quick decisions on coaches and on quarterbacks. So I believe that there is actually a chance that we could be looking at one more year, Bryce young, if he doesn't really shape up and play better, like that's how crazy this is devolving to, even though he was obviously a big factor in drafting young, the owner, I think he's just willing to make quick trigger moves at quarterback and at coach. And we're seeing it play out. And obviously, you know, from the, from the money standpoint, guys, it doesn't seem to be an issue for this owner because he, you know, Obviously, when you yeah. fire a coach, you're double paying the, the next coach that we, that you bring in. You're paying him and the previous coach. Yeah, uh, and uh, yeah, this is really no. I don't think there's going to be any impact this year. The only fantasy that, wise, yeah, I don't the only one really so. think about. Quite frankly, is Thielen maybe Chubbard on some occasions, but uh, yeah, quick trigger and very. Uh, what's the word for uh, for David Tepper? I don't know. He's unpredictable. He, he's yeah, or maybe this was predictable, actually. Dave called it on yesterday's show. Dave was like, hey, he's going to get fired. He oh, might wow. get fired before the season starts. And I was like, what? You buffoon, <laughs> or something like that. He was right. Uh, more news and notes. We know about Chris Olave and Rashid Shahid. They both left with injuries. Amari Cooper, x-rays were negative on his injured ribs. Baker Mayfield, uh, MRI was negative on his ankle, but he's very sore, and they face Carolina this week. Dorian Thompson-Robinson is in the concussion protocol. Um, let's see, Demario Douglas concussion protocol, I believe. It was a head injury. I don't know if he's in the protocol officially. Uh, Quinton Johnston did hurt his ribs. Um, Houston and Jacksonville both lost key starters starters on their offensive line. Miles Garrett's got the shoulder injury. He wants to play through it. We'll see what happens there. Miami left tackle Teron Armstead is week to week, and their edge rusher Jalen Phillips is out for the season with an Achilles injury. That's a real bummer. Uh, Philadelphia linebacker Zach Cunningham left in the third quarter. And two stats for you. The Patriots, I saw these both on CBSSports.com. The Patriots are the first team in 30 years to lose consecutive games while allowing 10 or fewer points in both games. Oh, God. <laughs> and Denver beat Cleveland 29-12. to That was a scoregami. You guys know scoregami? Of course. Uh, sort of. That's what that's when it? a score has never happened before in NFL history. Yeah. What was that score? 29 to 12. Wow. Got the late safety at the very end there. Wow. Scoreagami. Okay. 
We'll get uh, Jacob Gibbs maybe doing his dad impression when we come back uh, <laughs> on Fantasy Football Today. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. It's time for some advanced stats and snap counts and things of that nature. And Jacob, you are on the clock. <laughs> okay, but first, Adam, I want to talk about my guy, my guy Dan Schneier. He, everybody knows, everyone knows he's my guy, Adam. You know he's my guy. If you are familiar, it's all there on tape. You can see clearly why I'm so excited about this guy. When you watch one film, you know me, Adam. I'm really digging into the film every Monday, preparing for the show. A lot of work and preparation goes in beyond the box score. When I dig into this film, I absolutely love what I see from Dan Schneier. So. For the truly elite out there, the film watchers, I'll provide timestamps. You can go see for yourself. He's really putting quality <laughs> reps on film every week. The player analysis is spectacular. He knows the difference between field side, boundary throws. He's talking about the take, he's taking the cheese. Quarterback's not taking the cheese. He's, he's mixing in some references from the wire, for the culture. And he's doing all this from the bathroom. Imagine the upside when he gets a real recording studio. If you don't have you know any idea what he's saying, don't worry, because he's going to... He's gonna make his point. He's gonna take a long time. He's gonna give you all the all, all you. I know there's a lot of simple. Let's be honest, Adam. Non-East Coasters out there. <laughs> but to me, to me, Adam, what really stands out is his best trade. The trade that just really jumps off the page when you watch the film. To me, Adam, is the is, is his funniness. Dan Schneier is simply a funny guy. He makes it look effortless. It's just a natural likability and humor. He brings that you you can't teach it, Adam. You simply you can't. Teach it. You can't teach funny. Dan Schneier, one of the funniest guys. All right. And we're going to, on on this note, we're just going to dive right in with Dan Schneier's guy, Christian Watson. Everybody <laughs> remembers it. One of his first big beyond the box score hits. Christian Watson finally exciting in week 12. I, I got to break it now. No, that was, that, that was that amazing. Was amazing. <laughs> that was that so was actually good. amazing. Now I feel bad about how bad my Jacob Gibbs impression the was based East on Coasters. that. Uh, I will so come back weird. harder with a Jacob Gibbs impression yes, yes. maybe next week. I also will come back with an Adam Azer impression at some oh, point. No. I love it. I love okay. it. All right. Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't yeah. know how your voice got that high, Jacob. That was so good, man. <laughs> oh. uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I didn't know if I had the Dan Schneier voice down. I think but everything about the voice was good. I knew it's the content was good. It's nasally, I, it's East Coast elitist voice. It's, yeah, it's hard to get that voice, honestly, especially when I've been sick. 
All right. Uh, Christian Watson, though, for real, I want to talk about 91% route participation, 23% target share, 47% air yard share. Those are all, I think those are all season bests. And he also had a 30% first read target share. Um, before this game, it was only 19%. So pretty exciting stuff there. And actually tied with him is my guy for first read target share tied last week with Jaden Reed. <laughs> my guy. Yeah. <laughs> I love Jaden Reed, man. I, I keep wanting to. I've been like waiting so patiently every week for the week where Jaden Reed actually gets to play in two receiver sets over Romeo Dubs because I feel like he's earned it. Um, but it just doesn't happen. But like when he's out there, he's been one of the most productive receivers. He looks clearly like the the best Packers receiver to me when I watch his team. Um, but yeah, exciting stuff again for Reed. And then also from a usage perspective, def- <laughs> definitely exciting for Watson. All right, this comment is so good. <laughs> just Jay- need to say this really quick. Adam Lee says, Jacob's nailing excited Dan impressions hopped up on too much seltzer in a 1 p.m. pizza. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that was it. That was awesome, man. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jay. Go back to the stats. This, this, this that impression though was unbelievable. It stole the show. Go on. Good, good, good. Yeah, uh, I just Christian Watson. That's basically all I had on it. Like yeah. we finally saw something exciting. The production was there. The usage was there. Like, I, are you guys buying in? You think it's just one week? Because you looked into Jordan Love, right? Like he's playing much, much better lately. Yeah, this was one of the players I watched on tape. It's also one of our big questions, Adam. Should I save it for then, or should I dive into? Yeah, this no, now? it's one of our big topics. We can talk about yeah. that. I, I just think. With Watson, you know, Love has shown all year long that he will just pick a new guy every week. Basically, he just doesn't. He doesn't have a I number disagree one. On that, by the way, we'll wait. All to right, get good, to the good. Film. He he just doesn't seem like he has a number one receiver. I mean, first it was Dobbs, then it was Reed. Is it Watson? I don't know. One thing I do know for sure, and again, we'll get to this later, is they are a passing offense that almost exclusively does well against bad pass defenses, and they're not facing that next week with the Chiefs. So. That is uh, my concern with Christian Watson. I mean, I got lucky. I had a week, like, I started this week, I started Gabe Davis and Christian Watson in a league. You know, oh, just man. one of those weeks, going on 175 <laughs> points. So um, I, I'm not nearly as excited about that team as, uh, you know, the Paper Tigers after this week. But anyway, uh, I, I'd like to avoid him next week. But um, I'm, I'm encouraged, you know. It was good. Love is getting better, and, and Watson could be a big part of that. Okay. So we'll talk about, yeah, Love more later. Trey McBride, I just want to bring up again, his per route data on the year is right in line with the absolute best tight end. So my brother asked me about this trade where he sent Trey McBride plus for Jonathan Taylor in a tight end premium league. And I was like, brother, I don't, I feel like Trey McBride might be worth more than Jonathan Taylor in a tight end premium league. Like go look at their points. And he was clearly outscoring him. And it's like, I don't know. I think people don't, aren't realizing how valuable Trey McBride is, especially in full PPR or tight end premium leagues. He's just getting so many targets every single week. So per route data on the year, target per route run rate, we've got 27% for Travis Kelsey and TJ Hawkinson, 26% for Trey McBride. Yard per route run, 2.26 for Kelsey, 2.24 for George Kittle, 2.08 for McBride. So he's third in both. And it's not a small sample size. He has almost as many routes run as George Kittle does on the year. Um, Are you guys ready? Like, is he ahead of Dalton Kincaid, clearly ahead of, Sam Laporta at this point for you? He's no. close with both of those yeah, guys. No, they're, he's close. they're the same. They're the group of three right after Hawkinson. And when Jefferson gets back, it's probably a group of four after Kelsey. Sure. I would say. But I do think, you know, what Jacob's saying is correct. I mean, that offense does throw a lot to the tight ends. We saw this even before Kyler got in. And I think even now with Kyler Murray, we're not, I'm personally not 
I, I watched a little bit of Kyler. I'm not personally thinking that he's at the point he, where he needs to be yet within this offense, and it's a new system for him. So I think that's going to lead to more targets for McBride, which is what we're seeing. It's an easier throw. It's a check down type of throw, and it's something that he can trust. So I, I kind of feel like these will this will continue at least through the end of this season. Yeah, that's where I'm at. I've been ranking him ahead of those guys like this week and probably again next week. Um, we did see Marquise Brown finally get targets, which hasn't happened in any of the previous games with um, with Kyler Murray. I think his target share was up to 27%, so that's good. The next guy I want to talk about is Jerome Ford. So we saw a 77% route participation rate for Jerome Ford. That was behind only Jameer Gibbs, Christian McCaffrey, and Rashad White at running back this week. Seven targets. He hasn't been very productive with his targets this year. Um, he really just hasn't been super efficient um, in general outside of breaking big plays. But we did see a lot more playing time for him. And Cream Hunt is, it looks like, just kind of the short yardage guy. Um, are you guys buying that? Do you think it's just kind of a random one-week thing? Um, I have to, I, are you talking about Ford and Hunt? Yeah, yeah. Ford versus Hunt. You know, it's weird. I feel like the playing time is so much different than the touches. Yeah. At the end of the day, their touches aren't that dissimilar. Yeah. So... I think that they are a dumpster fire on offense right now, and I don't have a lot yeah. of faith in either of them, unfortunately. Yeah, that's fair. But yeah, definitely like by far best data points of the season for him. The last guy is James Cook, and this is a negative one. 45% snap rate for James Cook, a 32% route participation. So early in the season, that rate hovered around like 55 to 60%. The middle of the season, it was like in the 40s. The past three games have all been below 40% with week 12 tying for a season low. Still has his bye. And then at Kansas City, that's a decent matchup. Um, at home versus Dallas on the road against the Chargers, who have actually been pretty tough against running backs. And then at home against New England. Um, I think you may be able to sell James Cook because he's had three straight, like pretty productive fantasy games. Um, and to me, I, I haven't done rest of season rankings over the past couple of weeks, but I think he probably be outside of the top 20 or even 24 running backs. Um, and I think you might be able to get more than that for him. It's a sad situation for me, at least, because I think James Cook is an incredible talent who looks amazing on film and just doesn't get the work I expect or hope he would get. Like to me, if I'm the Bills, I think he is an asset in the red zone. They don't use him in the red zone, but I think you can use him in the red zone. You can, when he's on the field in the red zone, you are a more multiple offense. You can use him in the passing game. You can get him out in space against a linebacker. And I believe he can run between tackles because I've seen it with my own two eyes. He has good vision in between tackles, but I don't believe that. And I'm disappointed, Jacob, because I thought the new offensive coordinator would mean more James Cook. I really did believe that. I thought it would be a total uptick. And it's the opposite, as you said. And they're obviously using three backs now. In, in, in a lot of ways, which before earlier in the season was mostly just Cook and Murray. So it's trending in all the wrong directions for him. Talent can't overcome situation. And so I'm with you. I think it's fine to sell on him right now. I'm more or less out of the whole sell mode. I think trade deadlines have passed. Um, Cook's the number yeah. two running back. And, and it's people might be listening to this and going, excuse me, James Cook had 22 touches against the Eagles. The Bills ran the most plays by any team in yes. any week this season. They ran 93 plays against the Eagles. Insane. Yeah. Insane number of plays. <laughs> it was. It's the kind of, it's the kind of uh, number that makes you a little nervous about the Eagles' defense uh, the following week. Just the, hmm. the fact that they play that many plays. Who do they have? They have the Niners. Okay, so when you're playing the Niners in the biggest game of the year, you don't want to have played 93 snaps um, the yeah. previous week, but... You know, but so so like the twenty-two touches were great, but there's some underlying things that are a little concerning there for James Cook. All right, go on, sir. 
Yeah, no, I think you nailed that. It's important to bring up that context with the Bills because if they only have a normal amount of plays, 60, that's like two-thirds of the plays they had this week, and that shrinks everything for Cook. Um, I That's all I had on advanced stats. Just want to bring okay. up those four. I have a few things. Josh Downs, I love. I had a 13 yes. targets. He played only 68% of the snaps, which is a little bit low for him. Not that bad. I don't know if that was a, you know, they weren't running as many three receiver sets. They were winning. They were running mm-hmm. the ball more. It's probably what it was. Yeah. Uh, I said 93 plays for Buffalo. It was 92 plays. I apologize. And Greg Dortch played 88% of his snaps out wide. So I do think there's a chance he disappears when uh, Michael Wilson comes back. So just for mm-hmm. waiver wire, if Wilson plays, I, I don't know how that's going to work out, but I could see Dortch going away again um yeah that's that's it for my stats i don't know and then dan i think the film you watched was on the four big topics right yes sir so let's go to it let's do it man four big topics this one from john e mcdonald uh, puka nakua is a boom bust player and not a must start i bench nico collins for puka and i'm salty yeah i might lose a week because of Puka too, so I'm I'm annoyed by it. I'd bench Jalen Waddle for him. I didn't see Waddle having one of his best games of the season against the Jets. Uh, but uh, yeah, four catches for 27 yards on eight targets. And do we have any any advanced or film ish insight we can drop on Puka Nakua? I don't have it off the top, but I do know that a lot of advanced metrics on Matthew Stafford have gotten worse and worse as the season has gone on, and don't paint him as like a top half quarterback um, and early in the year he played so well and it was like so visible for everybody that I think we got this perception of what this offense could be and it's not. Um, I think that's the most important thing to bring up here is like there's going to be inconsistent weeks because the offense isn't that good. And especially if Kyron Williams just like steals the show like he did this week, then like, yeah, that makes it even harder. Yeah, my take my takeaway from watching the tape was pretty similar to what Jacob just said. And this is just offense is not what it was. And right now, it looks like it might be at its best if it does operate through Kyron Williams. And if it does operate through Kyron Williams, and that is their path to generating the most offense that they feel like they can, that's a bad sign for Bukunuku. It's a bad sign for Cooper Cup. Um, but ultimately, it does come back to, I don't think Stafford's playing the same level of football. And I like how Jacob used the term, steal the show. Because do you remember that... Uh, viral video from the Jaguars fan. Does anyone remember that? Adam, do you remember that? No. Oh God. I, someone in the chat might remember that viral video where they were in downtown Florida or whatever in Jacksonville, Florida, and they found some fan riding on her bike and she was like, yeah, my Jaguars, we're going to steal the show. And she like, <laughs> kinda, like, this weird wink to the, to the camera and it was amazing. So those of you look it up, find it online. It's somewhere. <laughs> uh, Puka. So a few things here. Here are some metrics for you. They, they don't throw the ball as much. In the first five games of the year, he ran 39 or more routes four times in five games. And in his last six games, he's been between 28 and 31 routes run every wow. week. So it's not even close. Uh, slot versus out wide. This one, I feel like I'm, I, I meant to ask Jacob to double check because this feels so crazy. Out of the slot, 18.2% target per route run rate. 0.98 yards per route run. Out wide, 34.4% target per route run rate, nearly double. And three times as many yards per route run, 3.14 yards per route run. He is so much better out wide than he is in the slot, and he was playing out wide more. He still plays out wide a lot, but since Cooper Cup returned, it, it's 62.1% of his snaps out wide. 
Before Cooper Cup, it was 69.3%. It's not a huge difference. It's a difference. But if you look at the seven games that he's played with Cup, he had one massive game. It was, uh, you know, not for fantasy because he had a couple games with 70 yards and a touchdown. But he had an eight-catch, 154-yard game against the Steelers, and he was out wide on 78% of his snaps there. So he's simply just been so much better when he's lined up out wide. So that percentage has gone, that rate has gone down a little bit, the the slot, the uh, out wide rate. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I was watching him, watching his routes. He's not, he's slow. By NFL standards, he's slow. And he ran a four, five, seven, 40 or something like that. So that was a knock on him. But he obviously knows how to operate. I'm just wondering, he, he looked really slow. And I'm just wondering, he had a knee injury. Uh, Sean McVay has talked about how banged up he is. He's got a shoulder yep. injury. All of these factors. Fewer passes, worse roll. I, I just, I'm not. I don't want to start. I'm not starting him next week if I can avoid it. His next two games are Cleveland and Baltimore. Now, if Miles yeah, Garrett are- and Denzel Ward are out, I guess it's a little bit of a different situation. But I go into the week right now trying to avoid Puka Nakua if I can. <laughs> Three receiver league with a flex, I can't. Two receiver league, games- I'll try. And are those games in Cleveland and Baltimore too? I'm not no, sure. No, one is at okay. home against Cleveland on the road at Baltimore. Okay. So maybe you can consider home against Cleveland if Garrett and Ward are out. But even then, it's a stretch at Baltimore in the cold. Hell no. I'm not playing Puka Nakua. And one thing you mentioned, Adam, which is really important here, is the injuries with Puka Nakua. Playing through multiple injuries this year. You have to understand his profile coming into the NFL. This is a big reason why he dropped in the NFL draft. He had a big injury history in college. And now we're seeing it start to play out in the NFL. And of course, it doesn't look as effective. I felt the same way as you, Adam. I felt like when I watched the tape, remember we did Puka on Beyond the Box for like week two. And I was like, oh my God, before he even broke out, before he was anything, the week of his waiver wire bid. And I was like, oh my God, this dude looks great on film. Like he ran that vertical route that Stafford just missed him on that was like, holy crap, this guy can win on the outside with his release off the line of scrimmage as a vertical route runner. I did not even think he had anywhere near that kind of speed, though, of course, vertical route running on the outside is not just dependent on speed. Route running is a big factor, but I don't feel like I'm watching the same player, and I think the injuries are a big factor here, or if not the the factor here. Yeah, I can't say that Cup is necessarily the factor. Cup's playing most snaps, but he's obviously limited. He himself is a shell of himself right now. Um but I was surprised to see all the targets to Higby and Kyron and all that. And um, yeah, disappointing. And I, I think people are going to lose a little faith. And I don't, I don't blame them. Uh, this next one is from Pegleg Kid. Are the Steelers about to help you win your league? And let me just give a few stats here. Uh, they gained 421 yards, more than they gained in any game under Matt Canada. They only scored some. Mo- that's 58 games, by the way. That's insane. There's <laughs> 400 yard game in 58 games. Uh, that's, uh, they only scored 16 points, but <laughs> I mean, the Deontay Johnson play was so close to being a catch. Yeah. Uh, they averaged 6.2 yards per play, which was eighth best in week 12. Let me tell you this. Somebody called me out in the chat and I'll, I'll address it. And I deserved it. I said oh. that the Bengals two, a few weeks ago, I said the Bengals were going to win the Super Bowl. They had the best uh-huh. mix of offense and defense. I don't think I realized that their defense is actually pretty bad. Now they're yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> they're good in the red zone, and they do for they do a decent job keeping points off the board. But they are now last in the NFL in yards per play, and they give up six point two yards per play, which is exactly what Pittsburgh averaged in Week Twelve. Um, they're they're only nineteen. Like for for a team that's last in the league in in yards per play to be nineteenth in scoring, that's actually pretty impressive. Nineteenth worst in scoring defense, but. They didn't have Cam Taylor Britt in this game. He's one of their best corners. 
So this was a game against a bad defense without a top cornerback. It was a good matchup, and they scored 16 points. <laughs> so uh, the question is, are the Steelers about to help you win your league? Jacob, what is your answer? I don't think so. They do get this defense again in week 16, um, the Cincinnati Bengals. But I think there are a lot of guys here who show that they could have fantasy relevancy um, when we had not seen that in a while. Pat Frymuth, namely, um, he was available in a lot of waiver wires, comes in and sees 11 targets, turns it into 120 yards. Um, Mike Tomlin mentioned that they were probably going to focus the offense more on Frymuth against the two high uh, safety shells that the Bengals use a lot. Um, and... I saw this tweet from Scott Barrett this morning. He was on um, FFT Dynasty last week. If you do want to check out that episode, he goes through and talks about all this stuff at Fantasy Points Data Suite um, and all their cool tools. And one of them is being able to look at the percentage of two high shells versus one high safety um, looks that defenses use. And so he said there's two matchups coming up next week against Arizona and then the Bengals again where those teams use those a lot. Um, so interesting matchup notes. I think that's kind of where we're at with the Steelers. We have pretty well-defined um, roles and situational type players where like George Pickens performs really well, predictably when he's facing teams that use a ton of press coverage, stuff like that. Um, single high safety looks, Deontay Johnson is probably your guy. And then Fryermuth against two high safeties. I will know on Fryermuth that he only ran around on 62% of the dropbacks, played 60% of the snaps. So they still were kind of easing him in. It's a second game back. Um, which makes it even more um, insane how productive he was. But yeah, I think all these guys are potentially useful now, um, whereas previously it was kind of a desperation play to use any of them. No real change to the running back usage that I, that I saw. No, uh, except Najee Harris has three targets in his last, two targets in his last two games. <laughs> so that's disappointing, even though he's now averaged 4.3 or more yards per carry in three of his last four games, which is really good. You mentioned the two high safety things. The, the article uh, that I read on The Athletic had a really good breakdown of of this. Basically, well, let me set it up like this. The Steelers have thrown, I think, the seventh fewest passes in football or some something like that. Yeah, seventh fewest passes in football. And they have thrown the fewest passes in the middle of the field. If you look at the numbers on each side and in, they don't use the middle of the field. This, is, I guess, was one of the criticisms of the Matt Canada offense. Well, they changed that in a big way in Week 12. They had, like, the eighth most pass attempts in the middle of the field this week. But um, I don't know, maybe, maybe not quite as many. Sorry, it was more like 13th. But whatever. They, they increased that big time. They also threw more this week than they usually do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the too high safety look, I think, was the big reason for that. That's what the article in The Athletic was saying. And then uh, the article went on to say, on a few instances when the Bengals went to a single high safety look, Pickett took advantage with deep shots down the sidelines. He hit Deontay Johnson, exactly what Jacob was saying, by the way, down the right sideline for a 29-yard chunk and later connected with Pickens down the opposite sideline for a 43-yard gain. So to sum it all up, they're facing the Bengals who play two high safeties. They killed the middle of the field. Friars had a huge game. That's why the Bengals are one of the worst teams in football against tight ends. Then on rare occasions where they played one safety look, he went to the outside of his receivers for deep shots. So it was a very good game plan by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Give him credit there. And a great game by Pickett. Eight and a half air yards per attempt, which was the second highest for him this season. And he had his best completion rate ever, uh, best completion rate of the year, and his lowest off-target rate of the year. Uh, in summary, a lot of encouraging signs. It was a great matchup. Maybe that's why. 
Let's see how they do next week against Arizona. But I am more confident. I don't think they're going to win us the league, but I'm more confident. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm 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 in that boat. I'm more confident than I was, but I am the answer is no to the user to the listener's question as far as will they save your league? Will they be different tonight? It's funny because sometimes the film just aligns perfectly with the stats and with with your breakdown as well that you added the analysis you added Adam and this is that example like I'm reading through my notes and I'm like first play of the game they dial up the 24 yard gain to Pat Fryermuth they're using the seams they're using the Titans in the seam they're beating they're playing against the cover two type look a two eye safety type look I did think Kenny Pickett did a good job to process that first play post snap because if you watch him and you watch the stripe of his helmet, he'll look to the left to confirm where those second level defenders are. And, and then he'll know that he has Fryermuth coming up the seam and he could fit that ball in. Throws in a nice window there. I thought in general, Pickett was just looking a lot more aggressive under this coordinator than he did under Cannon. Now, is a lot of that based on what we just talked about, the scheme and the matchup? Yes, it is. But at the same time, like when there was no safety help on the outside, we talked about the nice ball on the third and three, 1241, quarter two to Pickett. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, to Deontay Johnson. Then third and eight, a slot vert call to Kenny Pickens on a smash concept. That's what you want to see, 43-yard gain. I mean, he just looked like he was definitely more accurate. And another thing you mentioned, which is important, I think, Adam, which is that his off-target rate was lower than it has been. The only, I really didn't. I usually, when we watch Pickett for this show or for other shows, I see a lot of misses from a just ball placement standpoint. Third and four, eight twenty-seven. He had a, he missed Deontay Johnson on a whip route. That was probably the worst throw of his game from a placement standpoint. But other than that, he looked pretty good from that standpoint. So encouraging signs. But I just think a lot of this does have to do with the matchup and does have to do with the first week with the new coordinator. No tape on this system. No tape on this scheme. Now teams are going to have that to work with or start to get that to. Work work with so this doesn't strike me as an offense that will save your season by any means and great pass protection Bengals had the fifth lowest pressure rate in, in the yep. nfl on uh so far this week something like that. i think it was fifth worst right he around had some there. great pockets yeah he really did all right we'll take a break we'll talk about jordan love when we come back and we'll talk about rasheed rice to end the show we'll be right back on fantasy football today okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. By the way, that breakdown that you heard of Kenny Pickett was actually Jacob doing his Dan impression. It was that good. It could not even tell the difference. All right, now you get to talk about Jordan Love, Dan. He had uh, 32.6 fantasy points at Detroit. 
after 24.9 fantasy points against the Chargers in week 11. 20 or more points in three straight games. Um, gets Kansas City this week. They're seventh best against quarterbacks, and no quarterback has scored more than 23 fantasy points against them. Uh, what did you see from Jordan Love? So on tape, the biggest takeaway for me, there are two main takeaways. The first is that he really is starting to do a much, much better job of trusting what he sees pre and post snap, which has helped him get rid of the football with anticipation. It's helped him work through his reads. There are plenty of examples on tape where you're just like, damn, this looks like a really good quarterback. Uh, the third and eight conversion, uh, the first one of the game where he threw for anticipation, the third and two with 1026. And I bring up these timestamps in case anyone wants to check it out. In the third quarter, that third and two, 1026, just does an excellent job looking off his initial pre-snap read to his left. It's not there. He moves fast and fluidly back through his progression to find Jordan Reed 14-yard in-cut conversion. Second and six, 753 quarter one. Another example of him just moving through his reads faster and finding the solution. So the first thing I felt like was, look, the arm talent's always been there for a quarterback like Love. Things that have bothered him or bothered me with his tape has been timing, rhythm, ball placement. And that's where I needed to see an uptick. The timing and the rhythm, massive uptick in this game. And this is the first time I've watched him on tape in a long time. We did a bunch of his games earlier in the season when I was uh, evaluating Luke Musgrave, and he missed him on some really bad throws. Ball placement-wise, had a couple misses in this game and had a couple off-target, uh, what I would consider to be not perfectly placed balls, but... Overall, it was better, and you could see the velocity. I mean, there's a throw he makes, the tight window gem to Jaden Reed in the red zone. I mean, that was a touchdown, I believe. He changed his arm slot and then generates velocity from like a three-fourths. It's it's special-type arm talent. This is what the backers saw when they drafted him. Mm -hmm. But the other main takeaway for me, guys, and I'm curious to get your take on this, to use a Jacob uh, moniker right there (laughs) when you say, I'm curious to get your take on this, um, is – I feel like he's starting to build this rapport and this goes a little against what you talked about earlier, Adam, but I feel like he's starting to build this rapport and confidence with Christian Watson. I saw multiple examples in this game too: the, the touchdown, the red zone, and then an out route earlier on, I believe a third down where he threw the ball well before Christian Watson was out of his break. And he put the ball high and away from Watson's frame, which allows Watson a receiver who's six foot four with incredible length, incredible frame, incredible catch radius to actually go out above his frame and make the play on the football. And that's exactly what he did in both of those examples. And again, the key there was the ball was out with anticipation thrown before the receiver was out of his break. So that, that rapport and that confidence that I see him building with Christian Watson does have me excited about what these two can be. And I agree with you, Adam, for the most part, he has been a quarterback who doesn't lean on one receiver or drive targets to one guy. But when he's maybe just maybe starting to feel a different level of confidence with Christian Watson, that can allow him to kind of feel more comfortable throwing him more, you know, you know, leaning on one guy in the passing game. Yeah, I hope so. Look, I feel like if they're going to make the playoffs, Christian Watson's going to have to be a big part of it. You know, he's their most explosive receiver. I don't know if he's their best all-around receiver. I, I think he probably is. But they've got a good receiving core where guys do different things. And and this also, they have an extremely, extremely young receiving core. So it makes sense that they're getting better as the year goes on. And, and the most important thing is that Matt, Matt LaFleur said, that Jordan Love is a lot more comfortable in the offense now. He says it's yep. night and day from the start of the year, which I think Dan... And that's not his coach speak. That is obvious on tape. And he said that he is able to be more aggressive, the floor is, with his play calling, because Jordan Love is more comfortable in the offense. I still want to see him do this against a good defense. Mm-hmm. I know we're running out of time, but there are some guys who are just matchup dependent, and they might be able to you know, play well in a game, but not put up big stats. It's just kind of how I, how I feel the 
week 13 game against the Chiefs will go. I, I I feel like he'll probably play all right, but you know, in the 15 point range or something like that. I, I don't see a multiple touchdown game, but obviously it's just a guess. I mean, I can't I can't predict those things. I could ask the eight ball, but the eight ball, you know, is as reliable as I am. So I don't think I want to start him this week. Again, I need to see him do this against a good team before I start him against a good team. He just hasn't done it yet. 20, 20 points against the Steelers was good. That's that's as good it's, as it's gotten this year in tough matchups. Jacob, your thoughts? Um, yeah, this is backed by stats as well. So in his first six games, Jordan Love had an off-target rate above 10% every single game. Um, it's been below 10% in four of his five games since then. Um, and then I saw from Zach Cruz on Twitter over the past month, he's top seven in basically everything, EPA per play, PFF passing grade, passer rating, uh, adjusted completion. Wow. It's all top seven for Jordan Love. Um, I'm sure you know he picked some of those stats on. There might be somewhere he's not. But um, all indications are that he's playing much, much better. And that's without any like decreased aggressiveness and down pushing the ball down the field. So pretty exciting stuff. We'll see how he does against the Chiefs because that is a pretty tough matchup through yeah. the air. Here are the targets since Christian Watson came back in week four. Dobbs, 49. Watson, 44. Jaden Reed, 39. And then this should not be overlooked either. The next two on the list, four and five in targets, Luke Musgrave and Aaron Jones. Those guys did not play against the 49ers. Musgrave's on IR. Oh, sorry, against the uh, Lions. Musgrave's on IR. And uh, don't know when Aaron Jones will be back. Okay, uh, next topic. I thought you were going to take a chance to take a shot at me there with the Musgraves on IR and also on Dan's <laughs> Big Burger, <laughs> Big yes. Burger lineup. Yes, he was. <laughs> Once again, I had to change your stinking lineup for you, which is no, you didn't. Yes, we, we, I did. I oh, took, took Musgrave. Good. So there's no issue then. You so took there is an issue. I don't want to do this for you every week. I have my own teams to run. I have my own <laughs> yeah. stuff to do. Yeah, that's, that's, Come that's on. Totally I will be better. I made that, you know, it's like the, everybody when they release their, you know, sincere apology on Twitter or whatever you leave on the notes app. I will be better. I will be better. Look at this comment here. Jordan Love is a young Derek Carr. Would, <laughs> I don't would hate you that comment that? at all. If you were a Packers fan, would you take that? No, you wouldn't. But at the same time, I kind of like that take a lot, Pia Pia. This is probably one of my favorite comps I've heard for <laughs> Pia, Jordan Love Pia. early. But I would say a young, yeah, actually, he perfectly said it. A young guy. I know, but you don't have to say, oh, oh, sorry, sorry. I, I thought you were talking about something else. Go ahead, go ahead. I, th- I thought you were talking about the way you pronounced Pia Pia's name. I was going to say, you don't have to actually say his name, but go on, go on. What well, I don't know what that doesn't. I don't feel like that was anything too bad to say, but I don't know. But who knows? You're probably this but, reference went over my head. No, like you're right. You're, it's uh, it's you're good. It's I'm bad. Uh, but I, yeah, like a young Derek Carr before he became the checkdown king. Yes. Um. Yeah. And then uh, there was another good. Yeah. This one from Uncle Slayer. Uh, Dan, no accountability. What? Agree. Uh, Uncle Slayer. I've just said I will be better. I let my apology be known. I will not. I will set every lineup in Bake Burger, even though I'm tanking. And really, it doesn't really matter if Luke Musgrave's in there or Darren Smythe. But I will make sure <laughs> to get in the right tight end in those lineups. Come on, Dan Costanza, fix your lineup. <laughs> it's a tanking team, but yes. Okay, yes, I will. Okay. Uh, now I can right. see why people don't say I have any accountability. I, I, I apologize, but then I kind of qualified every single one. Of every them. <laughs> you don't apologize. You don't apologize until I call you out. You're like, oh, everything's fine. You just set my lineup for me. No problem. And then I'm like, set your own lineup. You're like, oh, you're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, is Rasheed Rice a must start wide receiver rest of season? That's the question from AJ. What do you think, Chiefs man? 
Exciting stuff from Rishi Rice. I will say his rap participation was 68%. His snap rate was 67%. Um, the, the rap participation was a season high. The snap rate wasn't. So he's just barely playing more than he has in the past. He just finally like really got all the targets in this game. It was on an average depth of target of 4.3 yards and an even shorter average route depth of 3.6 yards, which is really strange. I'm going to look into his um, specific route stuff if you guys want to add anything on him because 3.6 is nuts that's the lowest it's yeah. been all year I, I watched i mean i watched all of his, yeah. his targets and they ran a lot of screens to him like yeah. way more than normal this is what they do though i mean he's he's a low a doc guy every week he's really well, not- good after the catch um but you know it, he didn't play he didn't really play more than he usually does he played about 68 percent of the snaps which is on the high side but not super high for rasheed rice I don't know if you really care about this, but they were missing McKinnon, Tony, and Hardman. Mm-hmm. Individually, those are not anything special, but combined, they're about seven targets a game. Um, I'm not saying that they all went to Rasheed Rice. I think that is important. Um, I thought Richie James would emerge and take those routes. Um, he's somebody who's been productive in the past and played well for them this preseason, but he only ran six routes. Um, and so if he's not part of it, then I think that most of that stuff, that schemed up stuff for Tony and those guys does go to Rishi Rice, which if you add that to what he was already doing, like that's pretty freaking good for fantasy. Yeah. I yeah. See. I mean, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say just from the film standpoint on this, you guys are right. There was a ton of design touches for Rishi Rice in this game. Wide receiver screens on his first two targets of the game, both the, in the first third of the game, in the first 20 minutes and another, another wide receiver screen later in the game. All that stuff was interesting. I felt like there was a they used him a lot on like backside drags and just drags. There was the third and eight in the red zone though, where that was the primary read. Like some of the drags that he was running were just kind of like, here's the backside drag. Like if you don't like what you see on the play side, come back to the backside. But that red zone target in third and eight felt like the route combos were designed to clear out for the drag route. So he was the primary read. He caught it, did a great job with it. But really what stood out to me in this game for Rasheed Rice was a play in the fourth quarter with 9.33 to go. He ran a double move, stop and go, back shoulder throw. Mahomes hit him perfectly on the back shoulder. The timing was great. The rhythm of the throw was great. That's what I want to see. I want to see that confidence. I want to see that rapport building between Mahomes and the receiver. And in this case, Rice was Mahomes trusted him enough to get to that spot, run that double move, get to that spot, and then adjust to the ball on the back shoulder. And he did all of those things, made the catch. And I'm sure Mahomes looks at that like, hmm, maybe I can start trusting him to run these types of routes and to do a little Tommy DeVito here. That's what you want to see. You want to see that rapport <laughs> built on those back shoulder throws. All right. All right. All right. All right. So do we think Rasheed Rice is a must start? I do. I'm I'm willing to put him in a must start territory from this point. Now, now more it's like a flex type must start flex. Let's not go too crazy, but I don't want him out of my lineup. So I, I made a big play to start him this week over uh, a few players like A.J. Dillon without Aaron Jones. Most people would have been like, you play A.J. Dillon in that spot. I didn't. I played Rasheed Rice. Thank God. I also turned down a trade, which you guys might have accepted. I'm curious. Aaron Jones for Rasheed Rice before this week. I turned that down. Um, oh, so. wow. I would rather, I don't know, I'd rather have Aaron Jones just to gamble. But Yeah, I understand it with the upside, but I really this, like at what this Rice point, At this point, I actually, I think I have pretty low expectations for Aaron Jones. Like, what are they going to do? Are they going to throw him back, back uh, give him like 18 touches? I don't. I don't know. I don't think so. Same. I gotta alert you guys to what's going on in the chat. There is this Uh-oh. guy that is 
on a it's like he's like on bath salts right now and just destroying <laughs> right. us. I'm going to display his comments. All caps. Everything is all caps. These men are failures. Failures Whoa. to themselves <laughs> and their families. <laughs> Look at their sorry eyes because they never focused on what's important. They chose to ignore the truth. Now they Whoa. are doomed to failure and mediocrity at best. Wow. Don't be like them. Learn from them. <laughs> Bless you, men. You tried. And I said Whoa. to him, I said, are you talking about us? Because if you are, this is hilarious. He said, but you remain blind, so you deserve your fate. And then he said, yes, talking about you fantasy losers. You guys <laughs> are, are not millionaires. <laughs> Damn right I'm not. You don't know. Damn right I'm not. <laughs> you are middle-aged and still trying. I'm 29. Wow. He says, <laughs> he says, I'm not going to say what he said. He says, we should have become prostitutes. That's honestly what he says. Anything wow. but this. Wow. Oh, man. I'm, I'm sorry. You know I'm... it's true. This is why you have underachieved. Wow. Man. What a way to end the show. Sick picture ways before it's too late. Caps. This guy is insane. Well, he must have missed the impersonation because I'm having fun, man. Yeah, yeah. People out there, you don't have to be a millionaire to be happy, okay? <laughs> we, get to, we get to talk football. I completely all the time. agree with that. Yeah. Another chat that I wanted to highlight here somebody said, you know, love you, Jacob, but like you shouldn't go to Chiefs games because your inside voice. We need people to be, <laughs> to be, to be loud at Chiefs games, which I just want to say, I, I just need to give my, my credit here as a, a Chiefs fan, lifelong Chiefs fan. Before I went to a new school, my sophomore year in high school, I before the first day went to a Chiefs game on Monday night. Screamed so loud that I couldn't talk the next day. That, yeah, my vo- I literally lost my voice. People were like, "Hey, what's your name?" And I'm, I'm sorry, I was <laughs> hey, this like this is like a Jacob in the sheets. Versus, this is like a Jacob in the sheets versus Jacob in the streets type of situation uh, going yeah. on, right? Yeah. Yeah. You don't know me. Get him inside Chiefs Stadium. Get him inside Arrowhead, and you're gonna all hell yeah. breaks loose. I did see you show a little swag off too the other day, Jacob, which was yeah. un- uncommon. You put a Twitter, a, a picture on Twitter, you're like, here, me and my boys going out on the night. We had a I night had fun, out. guys. Okay. People and like I was like, you know what? That's a little, the, not, not the Jacob Gibbs I expected. You know, you guys expect him just sitting in front of spreadsheets all day and grinding Excel, but you know, it's you know, Monday. Know the other side of Jacob. It's Monday Gibbs. mornings when we hop on here. Like, yeah, I'm kind of tired. I might be a little <laughs> low energy. <I'm>, <laughs> hey, why don't you come on our stream Thursday night then? Hey, why sure. don't you? Why don't you use the while there's still time? Become a millionaire. Yeah. <laughs> it provides some value to I'll, your life. I need to change my ways. I, I could see Jacob becoming a DFS millionaire. I could, I could see that, right? Like hitting hitting the, the millie maker. He could easily hit hit millie maker. We have people on our staff who have who have hit that. We have multiple yes, times. We have multiple people on the Sportsline staff who have hit millie maker. Is that crazy? I mean, that is absolutely crazy. But that's why you. Should James be- Naylor was one of them. Jimmy Naylor, and I don't remember the other ones. Might have been McClure. Oh, I I don't know. McClure, I think, is like, like an absolute DFS superstar. So I'm sure he's he's hit those big ones. Um, and you can find all their picks every single week on Sportsline. Literally all of their picks, their best lineups for the third, for the slate, for the one. If you just like to play the island slates like I do, the Thursday night game or the Sunday, they have picks for those exact slates too. So just use and them. promo code East Coast Elitist, and Dan gets credit for that. <laughs> you need to set up a promo code for me, East Coast Elitist. I like that. Uh, promo code is follow for the annual subscription. 60, 60% off. Uh, thanks for watching and listening, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow with the waiver wire on Fantasy Football Team. Sports. 
Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.